0: Listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we started a series called Synced. We know what it's we know what synced is when we're dealing with peripheral apparatus for our cell phone. We can go to Home Depot, uh, not Home Depot, we can go to Office Depot, no, we're not gonna go there. We we'll go to Best Buy. Probably Office Depot. We'll go to Best Buy. We we'll go to Best Buy and we buy us one of these external Bluetooth speakers. Top of the line and it's going to it's going to throw sound through the whole house. It's going to be the best thing and it'll fit in your pocket. It's awesome. But it's not going to do any good unless you take the time to sync the speaker to your phone through the Bluetooth or the wireless connection. It's a perfectly good speaker. You got batteries in there. You push the power. The green light is on. But unless you sync the two together, then the thing you've bought to go with the other thing is not going to work. The same goes for your computer. You can buy things to attach to your computer to work. But if you don't plug them in, if you don't sync them through whatever communication devices internal to them, they're not gonna work. And the point we've argued going into this is that as followers of Jesus, we've been born again if by faith we've trusted Jesus, if we've received by faith The good news that Jesus died in our place and for our sin. And we've we've trusted that. We believe that as the only payment for our sin. If we know Jesus as our savior, the Bible tells us that we are born and adopted into the family of God. It tells us that we are brought from death to light. It tells us life. We're told we're brought from darkness to light. We're in a new family. We've got a new destiny. We've got not only that, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit resident within us. God's at work to cause us to want to do his will and he says, I've given you the power to accomplish my will. All of those things is true. But if we're not synced, as it applies to the, the choices that we have to make, the opportunities where we have to either do as we please or, or to, to align ourselves with the heart of God. If we don't get synced with the heart of God, we can be a, a, a perfectly useful piece of equipment that God could use in a powerful way. But if we're not synced, we're not functioning. I used the example the first week that I have a, a, a laptop with several different pieces of equipment that can sync via Bluetooth. I have a keyboard, I have a, a mouse pad, and I have an external disk drive that I can, I actually have to wire that one in, but I have different things that, that can work. When they're all in sync with the, comu- with the computer, they're all working together. The trackpad, the, the keyboard, the disk drive, they're all working together as they were designed to. But if I take one of them out, then all of a the sudden, they're not working as they were designed. So the point is that we as a church... Must strive to be in sync with the heart of God, with the word of God, with the call of God in our life. And when we are truly in sync with him, we will be in sync with each other. We spend a lot of time trying to be in sync with each other, but the disconnect is between us and the heart of God through the word of God. So we're arguing in this little passage, Philippians chapter number one, and it's verses 27 all the way through verse 30. Just a few verses as we're kind of kind of leading into the beginning of the school year with just these ideas of being synced with God not not about being right with God these are messages designed for the body of Christ you have believed you have accepted Christ you have trusted in his grace as provided through his sacrifice and we're wanting to encourage you as much as it depends on you to be in sync with the heart of God with the word of God the call of God on your life. Last week, we looked at at Philippians chapter 1, verses, verse 27a, just half of the verse, where it says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. We argue that what Paul was saying in that verse, in the beginning of that verse, when he says, let your manner of life, it's actually a phrase that can be translated Act as a citizen, live as a citizen worthy of the gospel. And so when we said live as a citizen, why would he use that language very specific? Because the people in Philippi were uniquely blessed as citizens of Rome. And they weren't in Rome proper, but they had been blessed because of their alignment with Rome at a particular battle that happened at their city. Because of their allegiance to Rome, uh, Caesar allowed them to be Roman citizens in that city. And with that, they enjoyed all kinds of benefits. And what Paul had to remind them was that, Your citizenship, though it's great to be Roman, it's awesome to be Roman. Your citizenship is not locked into Rome. You're citizens of heaven so we are as it as much as we have an opportunity to make choices we need to make choices based not on our citizenship of earth but on our citizenship of eternity and we said that in America this is a big thing for us because it's good to be an American and praise God that we have the freedoms that we enjoy but you realize that that's not where our true citizenship is is bound. Because if America falls apart, we still have a certain and absolute connection to heaven via the death and resurrection of Jesus and faith exercised on that. Our citizenship is in a greater place than Rome or America or anywhere else. So when we have choices to make, When it's up to us how we will live our lives, Paul is reminding us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that you need to live your life as a citizen of heaven in harmony with the gospel. That's what he meant when he says worthy of the gospel. Live your life harmonized with the gospel. We said that we live our life in harmony with the gospel when the life we live in front of everyone that, that has a connection to us sees the effects of the gospel on our life. What are the effects of the gospel? It's, it's what we are having been brought from death to life, from darkness to light, having been born and adopted into the family of God. It's how different we are now that we know Jesus. So we should be living with visible effects of the gospel. We should be living our lives as citizens of heaven in harmony with the message of the gospel. And what is that? What has happened to me, folks, can happen to you. What I've been given as as, uh, as salvation by grace through faith, that can be yours. And we live in harmony with the message of the gospel when we're communicating the gospel. And then lastly, we said last week that we live in harmony. As citizens of the gospel, as citizens of heaven in harmony with the gospel, when our lives reflect the elements of the gospel. And we ask you to identify in your life, how is love, mercy, grace, compassion, sacrifice, selflessness, humility, obedience, how are all of those elements that Jesus himself demonstrated when he was providing for us the gospel, how are those elements being lived out in your life? Do folks see you as a reflection of love? Do folks see you as a reflection of mercy, grace, compassion, forgiveness, renewal? Paul says, listen, I'm in prison and I hope to come back to you. But whether I come back or not, I want to hear that you all are living your lives as citizens of heaven enjoying the roman opportunity that you have but recognizing who you are first and foremost a citizen of heaven and i want to hear that your lives are sounding in harmonious beauty with the gospel its effects its message its elements we continue on this verse as he's showing us how to be synced. So if last week we were encouraging ourselves to be synced with the gospel, today we want to see how we can be synced on mission. Synced on mission. Let's look at the second half of Philippians 1.27, where he says, So that whether I come and see you or am absent, whether they let me out of jail or not, that I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. synced on mission. In 2005, a little storm gathered out in the Atlantic, came across the southern portion of Florida, it, it wreaked a little bit of damage in Florida and it headed out into the Gulf where it really picked up a whole lot of steam, this little storm did, from Categories 1 all the way to 5 once it got head speed headed straight for New Orleans, Louisiana. That storm, you know, was named Katrina. Katrina. Not too many babies probably named Katrina since 19 or 2005. Maybe they are. But that little storm headed, and you know the devastation that happened in the the southern Gulf states. I mean, millions of dollars of damage, hundreds of deaths. And you remember the scenes in the Superdome. People just on top of one another and, and really... In all fairness, the states and the, and the, and the federal government really not being prepared for that kind of destruction. That thing, nobody ever expected that. And, and there we see. And as folks were rallying, trying to figure out what to do, a group of good old boys got together and they said, you know what? We can help. And they call themselves the Cajun Navy. All these guys were, were just some good old country fishing boys that had boats that their wives probably were not in favor of them purchasing, paid way more than they need to for the boats. But on this set of circumstances, the Cajun Navy came through. And, and you saw the, the news media showing these guys taking their bass trackers, where, where bass trackers aren't supposed to go, where cars are supposed to go, and they're picking up folks, and they're, they're bringing out animals, and they're helping people get to safety. Those old boys were synced on mission. Those fellas had a, had a vision in mind. They were resolved that they were gonna do what they could do and they were resolved to do what realistically only they could do at that time these old boys were they were resolved to do and they were unified that it was going to happen they were unified in the idea and they were unified in their action and then, lastly those good old boys knew what the mission was and and they were focused and fixated on what had to be done And they set aside all of their other human pursuits, spending hours and days longer than they ever imagined to see that what they could do got done as best as it could. I think the Cajun Navy gives us a a good idea about how we, as the body of Christ, are to be synced on mission, resolve, resolve unity, focus. That's what's in this verse right here, the second half. Let's look at it. Whether I come to you or am I away, If they let me out, great. If they don't let me out, I want word to come back to me that y'all are standing firm. Standing firm. A word that literally means to be committed in conviction or belief. It's the idea of a soldier who has been given the task of holding this hill, hold this gate, hold this position. And in those orders are, well, sir, when can I retreat? And the answer is you don't. You're what's between the enemy And the rest of us, you hold this position. It's the thought of a soldier digging in and saying, I'm not budging, standing firm. Now, some of us have spouses or children or parents or friends who stand firm. We sometimes use the term stubborn. All right, sometimes we use that term so standing firm isn't always a good thing. Sometimes we're standing firm when we really need to just release and, you know, move. On. But this idea is that of a soldier. If any of you've been to Washington DC, you've been to the tomb of the unknown soldier. If I'm not gravely mistaken, I'm I'm almost positive that those boys have absolute live rounds in those rifles that they're holding and and while they have no idea who those soldiers are from the wars that those those remains have been placed in that tomb it is my understanding that those they're marines aren't they john that hold are they the army they they have standing orders that they are to protect that tomb And, and there are signs around and you're told Don't approach that tomb. And by all means, do not come at that thing as though you are going to bring danger to that tomb or you will be dealt with. Because those fellas have been trained and ordered to guard that thing with their life. They're not going anywhere. And they're not going to back away from any threat. Standing. Here's what I want to hear, Paul says. I want to hear that y'all are resolved. I want to hear that you're dug in. Dug in on what? Republican Party? Uh-uh. Dug in on what? My right for this and my... Oh, no. I, in fact, I don't I don't care to hear any of that. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear that you're resolved in who you are in Christ. And you're not going to be moved from who you become in Christ. You are a child of God and I ain't moving. That doesn't mean being aggressive. I know my, my stance is kind of aggressive. You know, I kind of got the you know, the whole Bruce Lee going, oh, no, I don't have any. We're not talking about aggressiveness here, but we're talking about dug in and I ain't budging. I will not retreat It's this uh, idea of an unwillingness to quit i wish i had a different story to tell but the reality of the fact is is when i was a teenager in high school i wanted to be on the football team but i didn't want to do what it took to be on the football team You know why? Because I was a quitter. I was a quitter. I quit more often than I held fast. So, in, in my memory, when I see this, an unwillingness to quit. See, I know what it feels like for someone to come to know Christ. And see a little danger, feel a little pressure, and just kind of go, yeah, I'm I'm just going to kind of back out. I know what that's like because I live with it. I have dreams about going back in high school and playing football. I don't know that I would have been any good at all. I just wished I hadn't quit. I think a lot of Christians will one day wish they hadn't quit, wish they'd have dug in and stayed firm. It's more than just being kindly disposed to something. It's resolve. And it's not just resolve that this is who I am in Jesus. And this is what I have promised to me. It's a resolve that because of who I am in Jesus... I have a responsibility to order my life according to the call and will and word of God. It's a resolve. It's not just a, yes, I want, I'm, I'm a Christian. You're never going to tell me otherwise. And I followed Jesus and you're never going to get me to follow somebody else, but live according to his word. Eh, I'm just not so big into that. You know, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to do it the best way I can. No. It's not kind disposition, it's resolve. This is who I am because of what he has done. This is the path he has set me on. He's given me a clear roadmap to where he's leading me and he's giving me the power to accomplish that. I'm resolved. That's what I want to hear, Paul. I want to hear that y'all are standing firm. It's both positive and negative. It's standing for something and it's standing against something. I'm standing for the cause of Christ. I'm standing against anything that would try to suppress the cause of Christ or lead in a different direction. I want to hear that you are resolved. The Cajun Navy would have said, folks need help. And we're resolved to get it to them. Folks need help. They're not getting it as fast as they need it. We got what they need. We're resolved to step in and be what we can be. But not only that, he says, I want to hear that you're resolved. I want to hear word that you guys are dug in. You're not going to move. By the way, you know that, uh, that that's what Jesus said, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the gospel I want to hear that you're dug in there and not only that I want to hear that you are in one spirit with one mind I want to hear not that you're just a bunch of individuals resolved but I want to hear that you're resolved along one passion now When you see the word spirit, especially in the New Testament, you've always got to ask the question, okay, is he talking about... The Holy Spirit as a person, or is he talking about the human spirit or the non-material aspects of who we are as human beings? You gotta ask that question. It seems in context that he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. However, we do have him as that singular most common denominator. If we know Jesus as Savior, there's no way for us not to have that in common. Do you make that make sense? If you know Jesus and And I know Jesus, and you've got the Spirit, and I've got the Spirit. There's no way for us to not have that in common. But we can decide whether we are going to be standing firm with the same passion or not. See, unfortunately, so many followers of Jesus are passionate. They're just passionate about their own thing. They have a passionate mind. They have a standing firm. It's just on their soapbox. You you know what a soapbox is, don't you? It's something that I've never seen in my life. But apparently, soap used to be delivered in a box, and those boxes were wooden, and you could stand up on top of them and get a little higher. When we say we're standing on our soapbox, it means we've got an issue that we want to speak to. And we stand and everybody hears us, whether it's a good thing to hear or not. We've all got our soapbox issues. It's what everybody ought to be doing because then we'd all be doing it and we'd be a lot better. Or it's what a lot of folks ought not be doing because if they weren't doing that, then we'd all be. We all have our issues and a lot of times we stand firm on them. Any, Any of you ever had time spent with grandparents? You know what soapbox is because grandparents a lot of times, and I'm probably going to be one of them one day, grandparents get issues that they want to just hammer on, and that's what we call their soapbox. Paul says, I want to hear that you're standing firm with one passion, not that you're standing firm in which English translation of the Bible ought to be used, or not that you're standing firm on which kind of music ought to be played in the church, or how y'all to dress when you come to church, or how y'all to do. I don't want to hear that garbage. I want to hear that your passion is united. I want to, hear, and you say, well, what is that passion? We'll, we'll get to it. It's in a minute, but it's the gospel. But I want to hear that you're standing firm, dug in with the same passion. Not only the same passion, I want to hear that you're dug in with the same mind. Notice what he said right here. He says, hey, I want to hear that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind. It's not the idea that we've all got to think the same things. Trust me. I don't want y'all to think like I think. Here's the, here's the reality of my life. I got folks that, that, that partner with us and, and they're, they're wonderful volunteers doing a myriad of different things around here. Here's what consistently happens. I know what I'm thinking. And I communicate to them what I'm thinking, but the way I think sometimes is upside down. And, and the reason I know that's true is because I can have four or five folks in the room, and I'm explaining this, and it's making total sense to me, and I'm getting blank stares back. I'm like, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, I'm going, well, if y'all just would think like me, we'd get more. No, we, they don't, and I don't want them to, and God doesn't want us to. He's not saying think the same things. He's saying be of the same decision. It's not, well, Kevin, should we go to the Dominican Republic or should we go to, to you know, Nicaragua? Well, I think we ought to go to Nicaragua. If we're not going to Nicaragua, I ain't going. Well, why? Because I th- it's this idea of should, should the gospel be presented and should we be doing it off of our shores? And the answer is Yes. Well, then let's get in behind where we're going because it's the thing we need to be doing. Does that make sense? I'm looking at some blank stares, so maybe not so much. (laughs) Be of the same passion. Be of the same mind. Unity. If we're synced to the heart of God, then we will have unity. Let me give you a little historical story about this church. So some of you may not, well, you hadn't been around long enough. So I came in 2008. If you were here in 2008, when I came, raise your hand, look around folks. So 2008, I came and there were about a hundred people in 2008 when I came. And within 15 months, I had grown the church all the way to 40 people. So there you got that. Some of you, true story, true story, right? So ask the folks that have been it, true story, got it all the way up to about 40. Various, various things. And, and really, I, I, I can't think of too many of the folks that aren't here that were here that I couldn't hug in Walmart if I saw them. So it really wasn't like mad, it was just more philosophical stuff. But when we were 40 folks, We decided, you know what, we need to, we need to address kind of the way our bylaws read and just kind of update some things. We need to do this. And one of the things we wanted to do was tell the community that something different was happening here. We felt like there was one of two ways we could go about it. We could either go tell everybody in the community, Hey, by the way, Haven Baptist Church is different than what you might have remembered. And they may or may not have believed us. Or we could just change the sign and say a different name. And that would tell the community, well, absolutely something different is going on here. Okay? So we felt like that was the smartest of the two to do. So we said, look, here's what we want you to do. 40 40 strong. Haven, here's what we want you to do. We want you to vote because we were a congregational voting church at that time. We want you to vote for us to change the name. But here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to tell you what the name is. And you go, why would you do? It's like saying, honey, I want to go buy a car, but I don't want to tell you the kind of car that I want to go buy. And you would say, that ain't happening. I ain't doing that. You come home with something that wouldn't fit all the family, wouldn't be the right color, have more engine that would functionality. Okay. So, you know, it's not always smart. But in this instance, we said, look, here's what we want to do. We want you to understand why we feel like we need to change the name. Because we want to tell the community something different is happening and it was something different was happening but we don't want to tell you the name because we don't want you to make your decision on whether or not you like the name or not we don't want you to say yes I'm in favor or no I'm not in favor because I don't even like that name we want it to be because we're of the same mind Guys, let me tell you, we came back to that meeting, so y'all were here for that. We came back, we presented a whole new set of bylaws. In fact, part of the bylaws was we we were a church voting church, and one of those things were we were going to vote away the church vote. We were going to go from a congregational-led church to an elder-led church with plenty of information, but we didn't want to do the whole church vote thing anymore because that didn't seem as biblical as it could be. And so we said, we want you to vote away your vote, which was big enough, but we want you to vote for a new name that you've never heard before. Can I tell you something? 100% unanimous. I mean, those 40 folks that were really in a very small area right here, we said, okay, here's the thing. All in favor of the new bylaws, you're voting away your vote. Let's just raise our hand if you're ready. Not only were hands going up, but in that 40 folks, I can, I can see it in my mind today with orange pews and orange carpet, white walls. I can remember folks holding their hands up and looking around. I think because they were wanting to know who didn't have their hand up. <laughs> Honestly. And I put it down and went, okay, all, really? All right. All of you who are in favor of changing the name and you don't know what the name's gonna be, raise your hand, raise their hand. They're looking around. Said, really? Everybody's in favor. Every hand was up folks. I said, okay, you want to know what your name is? Said, yeah. Tell us what your name. I says, we think Oasis church is who we want to be. Now let me tell you why. Because Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, thirsting, looking, clawing for a place of rest. He said, you just come to me. And I'll give you rest. And since we represent Jesus, the ultimate oasis, we just want to look like him. We want to be a place where folks can come in thirsting, about to die, and find rest and refreshment. That's what we want to be. And everybody was like, ooh, that's who we are. That's who we are. You know why that happened? It didn't have anything to do with me going house to house and sitting down and going, okay, now this is how it's going to go. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how you're going to vote or you got to go. That didn't happen because you don't get unity that way. What happened was those 40 folks decided, you know what? We want what God wants. And we don't want to stand in the way of what God wants to do. And you know what? Nothing's been presented that's against God's word. And you know what? We're going to be on board because we want to be, and we want to know who ain't on board. That is the most unity I have ever felt in a body. You know why? Because it was real. And it was real because those hearts weren't in sync with me, it's because those hearts were in sync with Him. And you know what? the gates of hell could not have taken over them 40 folks. Old, young, we were ready because we were in sync. I want to hear, I want to hear that you are standing firm with one heart, with one mind. Not only that, we'll take it a step further. Unified, resolved, unified. I want to hear... That with one mind you are striving side by side. Striving side by side. This word, striving, it's, it's a Greek word. I don't often say what the Greek words are, but this one I find interesting. The word is soon If you take away the soon away from it, athleo, what does it sound like? Athlete, athletics. If you've ever played on a team sport, you know that one of the quickest ways to lose your ability to perform is when one of the individuals either is not giving their best or one of the individuals is giving more than is needed. When you're playing a team sport, everybody has to do their part. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. All of you say, I know, but it's the truth. You know why? Because the rest of his team has bought into that dull, uninteresting on the media coach about how to do their job. Tom's a great quarterback, but there's, there are folks that can throw it farther than him, faster than him, and they can move around a whole lot better than him. But that team has learned how to do their job job in one half they can do their job and crash all of our thoughts and dreams down the toilet (laughs) they're contending and struggling together so it's this idea of dug in of the same passion about the same motivation locked arms together and we're working together going at it together. Kevin, I'm not strong enough to do that. You don't have to be strong. All you got to do is hold on right here. We'll go, look, I'll be pulling on this side and, and and Eugene will be over there pulling on. We'll get there together. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send whoever right over. Come on, you're not getting it. And if, if they don't play dirty and you're resolved, now they can play dirty, you know that. But if they don't play dirty, and you're locked in together, they might knock all of you over, but they ain't getting through if you're resolved and unified and dug in. I wanna hear that you're striving together. Too many churches are characterized by strife. What is strife? When we're contending against one another. How many churches are infected with strife? Because this one don't like that one. or This one hurt that one's feelings. And that one is not as interested in their program as that. And they're striving against one another. You know what it'll do? It'll kill the momentum of a church. Strife. Contention. But when we're synced with him, we just step up and, and find Hey, is this where we're locking up? Yeah, it's where we're locking up. Get on in here. Get in here. We're dug in. All right, I'll dig in with you. And we can be dug in a whole lot stronger than I can be dug in by myself. Think about the Roman army. What did they do? They linked their soldiers together because they knew that a time might come when the battle would get fierce and they might let go. They would put chains between those two and then they would have their shields in front of them. Sometimes they would link those shields together. Listen, when you've got folks that are chained to one another and they're res- Resolve to get from one place. You can't stop that kind of advance. And Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Not because we're stronger. Not because we have superhuman ability. Not because we bring anything to the table, but a heart willing to be synced with God. And when we are, we find ourselves, hey, there you go. Let's lock in. Hey, let's go. Well, where are we going? We're all going to the same place. Well, how are we going to get there? Just one step at a time, together, advancing. But God ain't going to force that on us. We got to decide that we're going to strive together. We've got to decide that we're going to be synced to his heart and unified in one mind and one spirit. We've got to decide if we're going to be resolved or if we're going to be someone who turns, tucks tail, and runs. We've got to choose. We've got all of the opportunity. We've got the position. We've got the path. We've got the power that has been produced for us and in us. But we got to decide what we're going to do. And Paul goes, I want to hear y'all are dug in, unified, and working together. For what? The mission." I want to hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, for the faith of the gospel, for the faith of the gospel. What is that? Well, that certainly is the advance of the gospel so that people might hear. Certainly that is what we've been called to do, but it doesn't stop there. It's about being on mission for what the gospel does in our life from now till Christ returns. Are you as strong a believer as you were three years ago, if you've been saved that long? I hope you are. Do you hope to be a stronger follower of Jesus Before he returns, if that's 10, 20, 30 years from now, I hope you do. Because it's about not just what the gospel does for me, but what it continues to do through and in me. And when we decide that what the gospel can and will do is our marching orders, then that's what we're dug in. That's what we're unified on. That's what we're linked together in. It's the faith of the gospel. Paul says, I just want to hear about the Philippian church. <laughs> They're dug in. They're not going anywhere. They're on mission. They're unified. They're not fighting against one another. They're striving together for the progress of The gospel. The question is, though, how synced are you to the mission? All that Paul has said has been to you, plural, as we say here, to y'all. All of us what he said, I want to hear that y'all are standing for, I want to hear that y'all are striving together. I want to hear that y'all are in one mind and one heart. But before we are all to, how synced are you on mission? Let me give you just a few things to think about and we'll be done. But I want you to ask these questions to yourself honestly. How resolved are you as a follower of Jesus? How would you describe your commitment to the cause of Christ, to the mission of Christ in all areas of your life? You say, what does that mean? I'm not just talking about whether or not you believe the gospel story. How committed, how resolved to the effects of the gospel are you in all areas of your life? As an employee, as a spouse, as a parent, as a a a church member, whatever arena you're in, as an athlete, as a student, wherever you are, how resolved are you to the gospel having its effect on your life? Would you say you are unengaged? It's like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I want Jesus to save me, but as far as like how that goes any further, yeah, that's really sad, I'm more unengaged. I, I, I want to warn you, if, if, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. If there's no draw whatsoever in your life, to, 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 to be different than who you always have been or what you would normally be? Now, I, I really need to warn you that maybe you've just believed some facts about Jesus and have never received Christ as your Savior, as your Lord. What about if you're just interested well, yeah, Kevin. I'm I'm interested in my level of commitment. I, I'm I'm interested in in how I am as a Christian. I'm I'm kind of interested, or I'm agreeable. I'm agreeable to it. I'm not against it. Certainly not want to stand in the way of it. See, resolve looks more like investment. Resolve looks like digging in my question is as it applies to who you are and what you're standing firm on is it who god wants you to become and what he's pressing you toward or is it something else i just want to ask you how committed are you to the mission what about your unification your unity are you unified? How unified are you? If we were to all be as engaged, as, as involved as you are, okay? So everyone in the ministry, from myself all the way down, we're only as engaged in the mission as you are engaged. How much are we accomplishing? I'm just, that's just an honest question. If, if we're only as, as engaged as you are, how much are we accomplishing? And the question is, is that where you want to be? Is that where God is, is, is trying to lead you toward? What about in the area of attendance? You, you know, and you're here, so, you know, I'm kind of speaking to the choir. We don't have a choir, but if we did, you would be it. Um. There's a phenomenon happening right now in church attendance. And, and it's happening nationwide. And it really started taking root in the last three years. I've talked to pastor friends, it happens. Faithful attendance to the corporate gathering that, is, that ha- happens weekly. Faithful attendance has become defined as two times per month so that if a family or an individual comes twice a month, they feel like they are faithful and they would answer that question on a questionnaire. Are you if they come two times? And, and it works out like this. It's not just week on, week off, week on, week off. It's if I cram all 21 of my weeks to get, no, how many weeks? 26 of my weeks together. My math's not my thing. If I cram all of them around Christmas and, and you know September, October, then that gives me March, April, May, June, July, August to myself. That ain't, I, I'm not making that up. I see it. I'm not making it up. We are a church of about 200 folks. You look around you go, no, we're not. Yeah, we are. If everybody came at the same time, we... How, how engaged are you in just being here? Because there's a difference between coming up and standing occasionally and being locked in. See, being locked in means I can count on you. It's, it's coming up behind the center and going, hey, where's the guard and the tackle on this side? <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be pretty. You would look at that team and you would go, they're not committed to winning. They are maybe interested. You say, Kevin, you're meddling. No, I'm not. You need to hear that. You need to hear it. It ain't about me. I don't care that you come hear what I say, but you can't be growing in a body if you're not with the body. You can't. It's impossible. You can't be healthy if you only eat one meal a week. You can't, what about giving? I'll get off that. Get off that uncomfortable one and jump over into the fire. What about giving? I don't talk a lot about money, that's the truth. You know that, you can nod and you go, yeah, he doesn't talk a lot about money. I don't. How committed, how unified, resolved are you when it comes to your your resources? Are you are you an occasional giver? If I have it, I'll put it, and it'll be what I can afford to put in. That's that's interesting. We definitely want you to do that. That's a start. That's a step. We want you to do that. But locking in and dug in, and if you're visiting with us, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm really talking more to our folks, those that are in covenant, partners with us, that you've said, you know what? I'm going to support the ministry. I'm going I'm to do Are you committed to the Lord in your giving? I just wonder how many folks have ever looked at their finances and said, you know what? I'm gonna give this percentage of every dollar I make and I'm gonna give it back to the Lord. You say, well, what are y'all gonna do with it? I'll tell you what we're gonna do with it. We're gonna reach and we're gonna teach and we're gonna reach and we're gonna teach and we're gonna reach and we're gonna teach and we're gonna do that together. Locked in, standing firm, unified. I wanna encourage you, if, if, if Oasis Church is your church, ask God to tell you how much of the resources that he has given you to steward, he wants you to put back into his work. And then just do that, and don't ever tell me what it is, you just do what he says. But let it be reflective of your resolve and your unity and your working together, participation. Involvement, we had the tables set up. The tables are not there, but all of the arenas of this ministry need your involvement because you have gifts that God wants to use for the benefit of this body and the folks that he brings to us that will become a part of this body. If you're not using that, how resolved are you? How committed, how unified are you? And then lastly, how mission focused are you? How mission focused are you? Are you fixated on something that's not the faith of the gospel? It could be a lot of different things. It could be uh, a career. It could be sin. It could be family. It could be some thing in the future that you think you're striving toward. It can be all kinds of things that we are fixated on. Here's how you know what that is. What do you talk about the most? Like when folks know that you know you're. Ta- I can tell you what the middle schoolers are fixed, fixated on right now. One word: Fortnite. Because you'd listen to them. Some of y'all have. You're like Fort what? Video game. They love it. They're fixated on it. What are you fixated on? It's what folks know you talk about every time. That's what's most important to you. What do you need to do in order to get yourself focused on the mission? Confess it. Let go of it. Apologize for it. Sell it. Resign it. Say no to it. Whatever it takes to get the faith of the gospel as your primary crosshair motivation. You say you you just trying to you just trying to build up this church. No. I'm trying to point you to what God says about how it's supposed to work with his people. When we do what he says, it grows. It does, and you know what? We become more effective at what he's called us to do. How cool would that be if all of a sudden this community and every community we live, work, and play in all of a sudden became revolutionized by what God is doing at this little church? Awesome. We wouldn't be able to take the credit for it. We'd just be able to say, you know what? We just recognize that God has called us to dig in God has called us to be resolved in who we are in Christ and what he has called us to do and we're not budging and he's called us to be of one mind and one spirit together striving for the faith of the gospel so we're just doing what he called us to do makes for a whole lot happier place we're excited to see what God's doing lives are being changed folks are growing wouldn't that be cool it's up to us to decide as we have the choice to make that we're going to put to action what God has said he will do if we'll just be synced and watch what he'll do. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We know that you are gracious and loving and merciful and you... You show us how it can be. You show us how it's to be. And then you, like a loving father, just gently draw us in that direction. Here's what I know, Lord. I know that you are drawing your people right now. I know that because you've been drawing me all week. You've been drawing me all morning. I know that you are at work in the heart of these people that are here that know Christ as their savior. You're not wanting to bring on them negativity. You're wanting to lead them into flourishing as your children. Not healthy, wealthy, and happy, but flourishing in obedience, in effectiveness. God, we just want to ask that you will give us the courage to respond. There are some folks that are here today, God, that, that, that need to think about how committed they are in just their involvement. Are they making that choice? Is it important enough? Or maybe the next step is, you know what? We, we've been coming long enough. We need to commit ourselves officially to this body. You, you know who you want to be a part of this church, and I pray that you'll give them the courage to take that step say so we want to we want to commit ourselves officially God you're you're showing us the resources that we've been holding back to ourselves maybe out of fear maybe out of greed you're showing us what you want us to do in response to you Father you're showing us what things are more important to us than the faith of the gospel And its advancement by you through us. I pray that you draw us together. I pray that you will give us the courage to do what you say, to know that you love us, that you're trying to build us, grow us, so that we might be the most effective child and disciple of yours that we can be so we pray to that end god i pray for those needs that are here in the body today those concerns those worries those burdens you know what they are and maybe this passage that we dealt with today didn't address the 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 loudest voice in some of our people's heads because of circumstances that they're going through but may may your word May your presence speak peace to their heart today. Not necessarily peace that you're going to change things, but peace that you are there and will use those things to glorify yourself in them. If they'll just keep going, resolved, unwilling to quit. God, we ask that you will use us this week so that we might be accurate reflections of not only the effects of the gospel, the mission, the message, the elements of the gospel. May folks see Jesus in us. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody sit.